Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Crescent Podcast. I'm your host Leanne. So last week was the first episode in kind of a new series that I'm hoping to carry through this entire year of me basically doing one evox a week on myself personally outside of client consults, outside of client sessions, and then basically sharing what I'm working through in each, each evox session. Now, for those of you who are like, look, I don't care what you're working through, <laughs> I totally get it. I'm planning some more expert interviews with other individuals on other health topics to bring that into. So hopefully there'll be some weeks where there's actually two episodes being published a week. Some of those interviews, some of those maybe even me t- doing solo episodes on client case studies, etc. So I'm really hoping to mix it up a little bit this year. But something that really became very, very clear to me was I'm at my best, I'm at my most natural when I'm sharing what I'm actually working through or I'm sharing what I'm working through with clients versus maybe just like choosing random topics to talk about and curating a bunch of posts for the entire month based on whatever. That really doesn't serve me very well and I feel like it's not very natural for me and I don't come across as well when I try and curate information. And there's nothing against that. That's just not the method of sharing that really works for me, that makes me feel like I'm shining and sharing a really relevant message. So I'm trying to this year really lean into just share what's coming up, share what you're seeing in your practice, share what you're working through in Evox. Being vulnerable is something that I actually love, love, love to do. And then of course, having some of these expert interviews as well. So for those of you who listened to last week's episode, you'll know that I was doing an Evox session on actually a series related to business that ended up sort of pivoting into and coming back to this experience I had in college related to my soccer career, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's really a couple different ways when I'm working with clients how I'll set up an Evox series. And so what I realized after doing that session with myself is I really think I need a very targeted Evox series on this event, on this particular event, so that I can clear all the repressed emotions related to it and then hopefully move on and maybe see what else is coming up along the way. So I don't, the I set up an Evox series in this way Oftentimes, when there's a very clear traumatic event, whether it's a big T or a little T trauma, sometimes there needs to be a very specific series, Evox series, on that event. So we can just go, look, this was a really significant traumatic event. 
I want to clear whatever I picked up from that event. So we'll set up a whole series related to that versus let's say someone comes in and they, they're coming in saying, look, I have this pattern of self-sabotage and I want to figure out what's going on here. Then we'll set up a series on the potential emotional causes to the patterns of self-sabotage. And that might include a variety of different traumas or a variety of different experiences, etc. So that's kind of two ways it can work. And so what I'm doing for myself is I decided to set up an Evox series specifically on this event and highlighting some of the different emotions that I think I've repressed from that event. So if you guys will recall from the first episode in this series, by the way, it will be linked in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to it. When I'm setting up an Evox series, we have this overarching topic, which for me in this instance is my college soccer experience and leaving the team. So for this series, that is the overarching topic. Then what I went in and did was try to identify some of the emotions that I am aware that I have repressed related to this. And these are what I call the subtopics. So I actually identified six different subtopics for me. And I'll just list them out for you now so that you guys kind of get a feel for it. But the subtopics or the repressed emotions that I could kind of like consciously was aware of were shame and unworthiness, grief, resentment, not rising to the challenge, feeling manipulated, and ignoring my own intuition. So each one of those is going to be its own evoc session that I will work through over the next six weeks. And remember, after identifying these subtopics, I'm able to do a quick bioenergetic scan to basically see which of these subtopics does my body want to evox on. And so oftentimes with clients will identify five subtopics and the scan will come back and say, okay, only evox on these two or these three in this order. So in my case, I actually did the scan and it came back saying evox on all six subtopics. So that is what I'm going to do. I know starting with an evox series and sharing about a series on this really kind of refined topic of soccer and my soccer experience might be off-putting for some people who maybe don't play sports or maybe you just didn't have that kind of experience. So you're like, why am I going to listen to this? My hope is that as you're listening to, for example, this week I was working through grief related to this experience. My hope is that you'll be able to go, okay, what really heavy experience did I have in my life where I have repressed grief and hopefully find some parallels or similarities in other experiences that you've had, even if it's not related to my exact topic and basically being able to see what were my subconscious limiting beliefs that were coming up during these? What were the emotions I was releasing? What were the epiphanies I was having to hopefully again, help you help stimulate some introspection for you guys, the listeners, to, to look at your own life events and maybe what those events, what repressed emotions you might have related to those, what subconscious limiting beliefs these events or experiences might have ingrained in your subconscious brain. And remember, we've got a whole year's worth of Evox sessions coming. Um, I already know some of the topics I'm going to be working through in the future are 
um, limiting beliefs around money, limiting beliefs around success, repressed emotions and limiting beliefs from having an absent father emotionally. So different topics like this. So even if this particular Evox series doesn't super pique your interest, definitely keep checking back because I'm sure there's going to be something along the way over the course of this year that will hopefully really resonate with you. So after identifying these six subtopics, I did the quick scan to see which ones I should Evox on and which one to start with. And the one I'm going to be starting with is grief. So the session for last week was all on the repressed emotion of grief related to this event in my life. And again, if you're just joining in, you definitely need to go back and listen to that first episode on this series because I give kind of the backstory to this particular event. And I don't, I, you know, just for those who have already heard that, I don't want to keep repeating it. So definitely go listen back to that first one. So in a way, it really didn't surprise me that grief came up as the subtopic that I needed to evox on first. I have been really aware for, you know, six, six to eight years that I have grief around this event that I really haven't processed. In fact, that I've beaten down and it's come up in sadness. It's come up in recurring dreams where I wake up crying. So when I saw that grief was going to be the first session in this series, I kind of just laughed out loud because I was like, oh my, of course, of course. What I loved about this session in particular is, as I mentioned, I've been aware that I've had repressed grief related to this event. But that's kind of as far as it went. Or maybe I knew like, oh, I've got grief because I felt like I lost a dream. Um, or I have grief because I felt like I ignored my intuition. But I hadn't really taken it deeper than that. And in this session, I it really revealed a lot more of the roots to the grief. The subconscious beliefs, the subconscious griefs that were brewing beneath the surface. So I started this session basically just by listing off what are all the things I know I have grief about. And the first one was I have grief that I really denied my own inner voice, my own intuition to please the people around me, particularly the adults around me. I wanted to please them. They all were telling me, go, go be a goalkeeper. Don't be a defender. And I listened to them, even though my heart and my voice was telling me, no, you want to do this. So I have a lot of grief that I ignored that inner voice and I really felt like it. I denied myself. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, as soon as I made that decision, I never enjoyed the game the same way again. And then, of course, I mentioned that I had grief around just feeling like I've lost my dream of being a professional soccer player. But after kind of getting these initial emotions out of the way or sort of roots to this grief out of the way, so much more started coming up as the Evox session was progressing. And it really always amazes me how much the subconscious is holding on to that we are not aware of consciously. And so as I kind of, I kept asking myself, why why else is there so much grief around this? What else was really going on deep down? that created so much grief around this event. And some of the things that came up were that coming into college soccer and that 
particular team environment, it really (laughs) highlighted just how naive I think of a person I was. And keeping in mind, I was, I think I had just turned 17 when I was going into my freshman year of college. So I was young, definitely, but I really did have this quite naive spirit of people are genuine, people care. If they're acting like they care about you, they must really care about you. And so unfortunately for me, it kind of was my first real world experience. I think almost like equating to someone's first maybe corporate job out of college or something. It was like that for me. And just, it was the first time in my life where I really saw, oh wow, people can lie. People um, don't always care about you for you. They care about you for what you bring to the table or um, for your talents, etc. People will tell you that they care about you and then turn around and try and manipulate you emotionally. And I think that was actually quite, quite jarring for me. And again, I had never acknowledged that until this particular Evox session. So as the session progressed, one of the things I asked myself was, am I ready to let this grief go? And the immediate subconscious answer was, yes, I'm ready to let this go. But a question that kept coming up in my brain was, why did this betrayal almost in a sense from the head coach and one of the assistant coaches, why did that hurt me so much? You know, it's almost like that, that really shouldn't have hurt me that much. And this was where I think I really got to the heart of it because the epiphany that I had was I had really been putting these coaches throughout my soccer career in almost a fatherly position in my life. And not just because they were all men. In fact, I had quite a few female coaches, but I just revered them so much. And I was so lucky throughout junior high and high school and elementary school coming into college that I had these coaches who were so genuinely invested, not just about me as a soccer player, but about me as a person. And having a father who was absent, my parents were divorced, but also absent, but absent really emotionally more than anything. And just really not having that father figure, what struck me so profoundly in this session was that I had been putting these coaches into that father figure role. And I'm telling you, when that epiphany came through my mind during the session, I was like, oh, fuck. That's it. That's why it hurts so bad being treated this way by this coach on my college team. And suddenly I I started to see how I really did come onto this college team with this very subtle undercurrent of emotion of like, please nurture me, please love me. (laughs) Not just like, please play me as a starting player on this team, but truly like, give me the love I didn't feel like I received from my father. And of course, that was not something I was consciously communicating. It was such a subliminal subconscious thing. And so when her behavior shifted towards me, the head coach, It was like, it wasn't like just the rejection of a coach. I think I really did internalize it as the rejection of a father, feeling like I had been rejected by my own father because in a very subconscious way, that was the role I had put this coach in. 
And I think it was more stark in this particular situation because during the recruitment phase leading up to me joining the team, this person had been incredibly caring and nurturing. And so I really did feel like, oh, this is the place for me. This is the team for me. And when I think I wasn't performing on the soccer field as well as she maybe had hoped, her whole treatment of me changed drastically. And now, look, I know this is nothing new. This is like whatever happens in almost every situation with every coach is, you know, they they love you. And then when you're not playing up to their standards, you don't receive that love anymore. Like, this is not a new experience. I understand so many people have had this experience. I'm not trying to gain a bunch of sympathy for this. What I'm trying to do is show that there can be so many nuanced emotions mulling, simmering under the surface that we have never even dove into that are there for our entire life if we never are able to identify them and release them. So come junior year, coming into my third season on this team, uh, there was so much subliminal animosity coming from this coach. There was also a lot of manipulation that was starting to happen. And in my heart, I knew this isn't right. But I, again, as I had mentioned before, I was consciously aware, like, this isn't right. And I always sort of thought that's why it was so upsetting is like, no one wants to be manipulated. But I think it hit me even harder subconsciously because subconsciously it felt like my own father was trying to manipulate me and degrade me and demean me in a very, very subliminal way. And so it truly felt like a deep, deep betrayal. Another thing that came up was seeing how kind and caring and invested this person was prior to me joining the team, my first year, year and a half on the team, versus how they started treating me after some time on the team. It made me feel so much like, oh, this was conditional love. This wasn't this wasn't true caring. This wasn't true investment in me. I was a pawn. I was a asset that you were hoping to gain. And I think the subconscious belief that it ingrained in my brain was if you don't meet people's expectations, they won't love you. And again, I think that stung even more so because of this role that I think I had put her in of like, I, you're supposed to nurture me. You're supposed to care for me. You're supposed to help guide me, which right is not, it's not a good role to put that person in. So they were bound in a sense to disappoint me to some extent. But I think realizing that I had subconsciously put this person in that sort of fatherly figure role has helped me understand so much more why it hurt me so, so deeply. Whereas, you know, she was treating many other players on the team in this way and it didn't seem to hurt them as much, probably because they weren't putting her in this father figure role. Another root emotion to this grief that I've been carrying all these years was really when I left the team, when I chose to leave the team, I felt so unworthy. I felt like such a failure, like you know, some of the other athletes here are experiencing the same treatment and they seem to be able to push through it. They seem to be able to brush it off or move on. And so really feeling like, wow, if I had what it took, I would be able to brush it off too. As I really started simmering over more of why did this hurt so bad? Yes, I had put her in this father figure role and it 
it was just like this waterfall of emotions that I think I was experiencing during that time as I was kind of realizing what's happening here. You know, I, first of all, there was just shock of like, wait a second, I thought this was a genuine person. I thought this was someone I can trust. Now they're treating me poorly. And so feeling deceived, feeling like maybe I was the only one being treated this way because I wasn't good enough, because there was something wrong with me, feeling actually shame that I had disappointed this person, but also anger at the same time, knowing that even if I had disappointed them, they shouldn't be treating me this way. But at that time in my life, I really wasn't equipped or I didn't have the wherewithal to stand up for myself. And that, and there's also shame around that of feeling like, wow, I didn't I didn't know how to stand up for myself. I didn't know what to say or do. I just let myself get treated that way. And so there's disappointment there and shame there and anger there directed towards myself. In my head during the session, I literally went back into that office, into like a conversation that I had had with her. And I remember the feeling at the time. It was like this paralyzed panic. Like I was so overwhelmed and panicked with what was happening that I was truly paralyzed. And I think to some extent, I have carried that paralysis throughout my life from that point on. I really haven't been able to fully embrace life. And I have felt that very, very tangibly. Like I feel like there's a cap, like I can't enjoy any more than this. Um, I think the analogy that comes to mind is like when you're so terrified, your whole body is just like clenched into this fetal position. I think there's been an element of that going on where I've, there's been moments where I started to sort of relax and loosen my body, uh, but never completely. Always there has been this sort of like tight clenching fear since that moment. And God, let me tell you, I was so ready to let all of that go, all of the emotions that were coming up in this session, that horrible feeling of just angst and paralysis and overwhelm and shock. I was so, so utterly ready to let that go. And so oftentimes in an EVOC session, I'll have clients imagine a lot of imagery is going on, a lot of analogies, but oftentimes they're having conversations in their head with the younger version of themselves or with maybe the person that the topic, the Evox session is about. And so for one of the biofeedback outputs, I just imagined being back in that office, being treated this way by this person and actually saying what I wish I could have said and standing up for myself. And so telling this person, actually, you can't treat me like this. You're being manipulative and I'm not going to stand for this kind of treatment. And it was very, very subtle, but I think sometimes going back and having that imagery can be so profound. And I really did feel such a release from imagining that, bringing, taking the power back in a sense. And so then I asked myself, can I truly pass on forgiveness and let this wound finally heal? And this is where it got really metaphorical for me. A lot of imagery was coming up. The imagery that was coming up after I asked myself that question was just like this whole event was like I had been sucker punched in the gut and that ever since that event, I had been bent over just clutching my stomach, afraid to let go. 
Like since that event, I had never been able to release my stomach and sort of stand up fully and heal. I had just been stuck in this wounded, bent over, clenched position. And so as I was kind of caught up in this imagery, I was trying to imagine myself just standing up, just standing up fully and sort of releasing the pain and the wound down there. And what was interesting was like in my subconscious imagination, I didn't want to stand up. And so I was feeling this resistance to just standing up and kind of moving on. And so I kind of dove into that imagery a little bit deeper. And so I just asked myself in my head, why am I afraid to stand up? And the answer that came to me was, I'm afraid if I sort of release my guts and I stand up straight that I'm going to shatter, that the pieces that I've been broken into from this event will just fall apart on the floor. And what was so funny is that the very next thought after having this realization of I'm afraid I'll shatter, the very next thought was just let it shatter. And so I did. I just kind of imagined like letting go of my gut and just falling into pieces. And the weirdest relief came from that imagery of just being like, oh, I don't have to hold it all together anymore. Like it's been shattered. I don't have to pretend like it wasn't shattered. I can let those shattered pieces fall to the floor because holding them there in this broken state, I couldn't do anything to piece them back together. I had to let it shatter, truly shatter and fall to the floor before I could start to rebuild. And what was so beautiful is then the imagery or the sort of mental vision that was coming from that was this image of... I don't know the technique, but it's what they do in Japan when like a bowl is broken, they'll seal the pieces back together with solid gold. And so that was the imagery that was coming to me is like now that I've actually let this shatter and acknowledged that it's been shattered, I can piece this back together. And in fact, those pieces are being sealed together with gold. It's becoming something even more beautiful than it was before. And once I did that, I could actually imagine myself standing up and then like the next image that came into my mind was me giving this individual a hug and really being able to say I forgive you and I'm ready to move on from this so it was extremely profound for me everything that was coming up from it but just the physical physical relief that I felt this weight dropping off this clenched feeling loosening up but actually being able to in my heart and in my head say, I forgive this person and I'm ready to let it go. That was really, really profound because I had truly not been able to get to that point for eight years, eight years. (laughs) The last thing that sort of came to me in my imagination as I was working through these sessions was I just imagined all of the people who were in my life during that time, the coaches, my teammates, some of my friends, my family members, and I just literally imagined all of them sitting in front of me and standing up in front of them after this event had taken place and saying, I feel so much shame. I feel so much grief. I feel so much loss and disappointment and hurt and unworthiness. And that was another huge emotional and physical relief that I felt of like, oh my God, I don't have to hide this anymore. I don't have to keep this shoved away in the closet, all of these emotions 
you know, swept under the rug. It's like this rock, this burden I've been carrying all these years that I finally just put out in the open. And in doing that, even though it's all happening in my head, <laughs> felt so incredibly freeing. During that imagery of talking to the friends and family and just acknowledging the feelings I was experiencing to them, what I noticed was that as I was talking about the shame I felt, that felt particularly heavy and dark and icky. And I noticed that this shame felt like a knife on the left side of my chest. It really, like that was the exact imagery that came to me. As I mentioned shame, I could picture this knife on the left side of my chest. And so I just imagined pulling this knife out of my chest. And literally, I kid you not, guys, as I imagined pulling this figurative knife out of my chest, I literally, it it truly felt like something left my chest and I felt tingles through that entire area. I swear you guys are going to think I'm so crazy, <laughs> but I, it's, you know, it's interesting to be able to share this stuff because all I'm doing is sharing my experience. And so that was an incredible, very, very physiological experience that I had with that particular emotion and imagery. And after that round, that was when I had my, a releasing pattern. And so that's where I closed out the Evox session. So again, incredibly profound, like, wow, how much can come out of, I literally started the session with just, I know I have grief around this topic. I have grief and look how much came out of it as I started peeling the layers of this grief through the Evox session. Once the session was over, I always like to just kind of sit and mull over a little bit more now with my conscious brain. Cause when we're doing the Evox session, we're really tuning into that subconscious brain. And then I like to think about it and process it on a conscious level as well. And something that came up post-session as I was thinking about it more was this grief from this event really had felt like this dark cloud hanging over me since that moment. And with this cloud hanging over me, sort of like what I had said earlier, it really felt like there was a limit to how happy I could feel. And I've said this before to certain people that I honestly felt like I couldn't laugh unreservedly. Like when I would try to laugh, it was like there was this constriction in my throat. It was such a strange thing. And I, over the years, I remember being very, very consciously aware of that, of like, it feels like there's a block. For some reason, I just can't laugh more than this. I can't feel more joy than this cap, even though I know it's there and I know I can. There's something blocking me. And what was so profound was as I was thinking about this, it felt like this cloud finally cleared. And I was, it really felt like, oh my God, now I can really experience joy. I cleared the thing that was hindering me from experiencing joy so, so fully, like this cloud is gone. The sun is out and I can dance and laugh and sing and connect with every fiber in my being. There's nothing holding me back anymore. And honestly, since that Evox session with myself, I have felt so much more joy. I have felt so much more motivation, a lot of the lethargy that 
sometimes hinders me has been completely gone. So it wasn't just like in this one moment, I felt really happy right after the session. And then I went right back to how I was. It truly has been a lingering feeling of lightness and sunshine and joy. And just like, oh my God, this is, this is what I knew was there. I knew those clouds were blocking the sunshine. I knew they were there, but I didn't know how to really clear them. And also I had think I had been afraid to really address the roots of this. And so finally starting to peel back the layers of this onion is has turned out to be extremely profound for me. And I hope that kind of comes through in these in these podcast episodes. It never ceases to amaze me what comes up and comes out in these evox sessions with myself, with clients. It is just, there's always so much more simmering beneath the surface that we just aren't aware of, all of us, myself included. And these sessions really help bring those things to the surface so that we can let them go once and for all. So there it is, week two of the 51-week personal evox sessions. Again, I hope there was something in there that you were able to pull out of it. Please reach out if you have questions, if you have comments. I'd love, love, love to hear them. I think particularly in these episodes where it's so vulnerable, these are actually the ones more than anything where I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say, what it made you think about, what memories it was bringing you back to. So truly one of my favorite things is community and is connecting on this deeper level. So please do not be afraid to reach out and ask me questions about this, share kind of what your experience was with this episode. I would love, love, love to hear it. So until next week, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and have an amazing weekend.